0: Welcome to the Tools They Use podcast, the ultimate personal productivity podcast, covering the apps and tools to help you get things done, exploring the workflows, resources, and automation of successful individuals, and so much more. Now over to your host, Francesco D'Alessio. Hello,
1: everyone, and welcome to the Tools They Use podcast. My name is Francesco D'Alessio, and I'll be your host for this series of interviews all about apps and resources that successful individuals use across their workday now. We're going to be interviewing a good range of people in lots of different sectors About what apps they use to keep themselves organized to keep themselves working towards their goal across their day We're going to be covering some obviously naturally some important productivity apps And then we're going to be diving into some of the more specific apps towards each of the industries and discussing around that topic so hopefully It will give you a whole host of apps to go away with uh, Install, Uh, of course, we don't want you downloading too many apps So it will hopefully help to hone in on a couple of useful resources for getting things done So the first interview on my list is actually someone I spoke to literally the day before we filmed this one Uh, It is Mike Schmitz who is one of the content creators over at Asian Efficiency a leading productivity blog and podcast he is the host of their podcast the productivity show and he has been very successful in his space as well He also has his own book called thou shalt hustle He is a writer at the Sweet setup and he also does uh, Host a another podcast called bookworm so he has been in lots of different spaces and What I particularly liked about this interview is we've dined into so many apps So just before we get started you can download all of Mike's apps in the description below You'll be able to find a link which has everything there. You can go away download them choose them and uh, Mike will be able to guide uh, in this feature all about how he implements in his day So guys without further ado, let's talk to Mike Hello everyone and welcome to the tools they use podcast My name is Francesco D'Alessio and welcome back to another podcast. So uh, today what we're doing is Interviewing Mike Schmitz. Uh, I give a bit of an introduction to him just a minute ago. Uh, Mike. It is great to have you here It's great to be here. Uh, So I've been following Mike for uh, actually we have been working on a a a task management workflow feature for the Asian efficiency, um, the dojo, right?
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah and so it turned out really well.
1: Yeah, it did. It was yesterday. We actually did, uh, another podcast for the productivity show, which, uh, Mike hosts, uh, which was quite exciting. Um, uh, very new to me podcast. That's why, <laughs> as I was saying to Mike just before, he's a sort of Guinea pig cause he's the first ever episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to be diving in on this podcast into some of the tools and apps that you use of course productivity in general uh, like you know with all of your work at asian efficiency and uh, some of the uh, the obviously the book you wrote and things like that that obviously productivity is much more than that in terms of framework uh, you know stuff that we talked about in the task management workflow series so what we're going to do is go through a series of uh, like sort of probing questions to what apps that you use across your workday. So uh, if you're happy, we can dive straight in. Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. So uh, in terms of like a day-to-day setup, what sort of work do you do day-to-day?
0: Well, my official title is Product Director at Asian Efficiency. And really my job there is to create content which maybe that term gets thrown around a little too liberally in the online space. But uh, I am doing usually deep work. So a bunch of research and then writing, whether that is going to end up being a blog post or a podcast episode or even a video. And we've got several video products that we sell. But basically just trying to wrap my head around everything productivity related and then trying it out for myself because I don't want to share information. I want to share stuff that I know will work with our audience. I don't want to just peddle off, you know, three quick tips to completely change your life when I don't really know that it's going to work.
1: Sure. I think I first discovered you before we even started uh, conversing on email, but it was your work
0: with Sweet Setup. Yeah, uh, I've done a few articles for the Sweet Setup on the best or our favorite productivity app in whatever category, whether that be uh, mind mapping or email clients, whatever. And uh, there again, just testing a whole bunch of stuff and figuring out what I liked and didn't like about the particular application. So I could present an educated opinion (laughs) about why uh, one happens to be better than than the others. Because when it comes to applications, like we talked about in the episode we recorded on task managers, there's no simple right solution there's a lot of variables that go into it including how people work and so the temptation is to just find an application and say okay this is the thing you adapt your entire workflow to that application's will and then you find out that it really doesn't work for you so uh, a lot goes into figuring out not just which applications are good but also how do they work and then who do they work for 100 yeah i think i think it's important to understand that
1: Uh, Obviously, a tool isn't going to save the world for you. It's going to provide you with an experience to uh, start doing stuff. So, you know, it's important to get this sort of framework right. And I think um, if you guys haven't checked out the Asian Efficiency blog or even their podcast, it's definitely worth going over to them and, and enjoying that because they really dive deep on those sorts of topics. Um, So yeah, uh, that sort of leads into a good first question. uh, For the first tool, what is your daily to-do list app and why?
0: Well, personally, I use OmniFocus and I really use that out of necessity because that's the thing that got me (laughs) connected with Asian Efficiency, uh, helping them update the OmniFocus premium post product. And it's just kind of stuck ever since I've dabbled in some other applications like to-do and, and things like that. But that's the one that I always come back to for my personal stuff. Uh, For the Asian efficiency team, we use Jira, which is maybe a little bit weird for software developers who are familiar with Jira because that's (laughs) typically how it would be used. But we use it and we implement the Scrum model. And that that tends to work really well for us. It definitely has a bit of a learning curve, but it's a great Mm -hmm. collaboration tool.
1: Definitely Um, and just a note here as well. We'll be documenting all of the apps that we talk about Uh, So if you've if you're driving or anything like that and you're you're like wanting to write any of these down then There will be a list of them and their links Uh, And and maybe you could give us uh, a few insights into the features that
0: you specifically like in OmniFocus Sure. Well the thing that really sets OmniFocus apart in my opinion is the review feature There's a bunch of other applications that have tried to implement like the GTD style review, but OmniFocus I think just nails it. And it's the most efficient way I've found to go through and look at all of your projects that you need to look at on a regular basis to make sure that everything's current. And in my work with Asian Efficiency, that's usually where we see people who try to implement GTD or to try to use OmniFocus. like That's where things break down is when they don't consistently do the review to make sure that the things that you're working on are actually the right things. 100%.
1: I like that, um, that you've been able to implement such a good process with it. The, the thing that I, I tend to find with people that uh, sort of look at OmniFocus, they tend to freak out, one, because of the price, <laughs> um, and two, because it's quite a heavy application like to learn. So you know, it's great that you've been able to uh,
0: sort of build on it. Those are very fair criticisms, (laughs) the price specifically. Um, But we personally at Asian Efficiency, we advocate for a concept called the minimalist luxury lifestyle. So the concept there is not to invest $10 in 20 different test management applications before Mm. you find one that works for you. Uh, just go ahead. And if OmniFocus is the right tool, yes, it's expensive, but bite the bullet, you'll be better off in the long run. I did the same thing with headphones. I'm a bit of an audiophile. <laughs> so I tried to, I tried just about every pair of noise canceling slash Bluetooth headphones I could, I, I, you know, $20 pair, then a $40 pair, then an $80 pair, then a $120 mm-hmm. pair and $200 pair. Finally, I bought the Bose QC35s, which I should have done in the first place and saved myself <laughs> some money.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm the same with headphones <laughs> like that. You, 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 I think sometimes picking the one that is just more expensive, like quality
0: tends to be reflected in price, right? Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> That's it. You're not going to find a, a great deal <laughs> when it comes to headphones or <laughs> maybe it. test managers either. <laughs> yeah,
1: pretty much the same. Um, so that sort of leads me on to, uh, I guess, another part of the sort of productivity core experience is note-taking. Um, do you use a specific app for note-taking, or is it a analog experience?
0: I use a couple different applications for note-taking based on the type of notes that I'm taking. So okay. for quick capture stuff, uh, I use Drafts almost exclusively. When I'm on my Mac, I'll use NVL. Hmm. Uh, I wish there was a Mac app for Drafts. That would be ideal. <laughs> but on my iOS device, Drafts is, is the, the thing. And uh, I just capture everything there. And then I will go through that inbox and decide where that stuff goes uh, regularly, like usually about once a week. Um, But that's like tasks go in there, podcast episode ideas will go in there, like everything that I want to capture when I'm out and about goes to drafts first, which is a mindset shift that's a little bit hard for some people to make. But I've found it really valuable to not have to think about where this is supposed to go just get it in drafts and then when I have some time and I'm sipping my coffee, I can go through that and decide where that stuff is supposed to go. Sure. Um, so that's typically what I use to capture ideas and things. But then the other thing that I do is I do, uh, not very well, I might add, but I do sketchnote.
1: <laughs> okay. So uh,
0: I use uh, Good Notes on the iPad mm-hmm. and uh, I've got an iPad Pro 10.5 with an Apple Pencil that uh, I use for sketchnoting, which I love. Uh, I transitioned from strictly analog sketchnoting, which was valuable doing that because it taught me that I didn't have to be afraid about how I was drawing because I'm not naturally an artist. My first sketch note was a bunch of words and a couple of stick figures. (laughs) And it's gotten significantly better over the years, but I do love the fact that you can draw something on an iPad and if it doesn't look exactly right, you just hit the, the button to undo it and you can try again. Definitely and uh, are you using so
1: you said yeah, Goodnotes. good um, notes. I think they have a new version coming out soon Are you on that beta?
0: I'm not on the beta But I have been very impressed with the app and really the the thing that made it stick for me on the iPad is when I got the 10.5 with the increased uh, Refresh rate because now there is zero lag that I can see with my Apple pencil
1: which I've heard really good things about the iPad Pro
0: yeah, it's it really does feel magical when you use that, and then you go back to using like pretty much any other tablet and stylus, and you draw it, and then like a second later you see the line appear. It just feels really weird. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, drawing on an iPad Pro with an with the Apple Pencil, it's the closest thing I've found to to uh, paper and pencil, like it, just doing it analog.
1: Yeah. Brilliant. And so just for everyone listening at home, that was drafts for the quick capture, right? And good notes for
0: more detailed notes. Yep. And then NV Alt on the Mac, which I got to give a shout out because it's developed by Brett Terpstra, who's one of the smartest guys I know. <laughs> and he gives it away for free. So if you need some place to quickly capture notes on your Mac, uh, check out NV Alt. It's It's free and it supports Markdown. It's It's pretty great. Smashing. Uh, and I remember
1: remembered you mentioned yesterday um, that you use the Apple Watch Drafts app
0: to catch your quick notes, right? I do. So one of the things that I've gotten into the last maybe year or so is running. And I never was a runner, but I'm trying to force myself to do a half marathon. <laughs> so I go, for, I go for longer runs now. And I find that when I am running, I tend to get a bunch of ideas (laughs) and (laughs) so uh, yeah, my my brain just untangles problems that have been in the back of my mind whenever I start running. So the drafts complication on the Apple Watch is great because uh, that's the only place I have found Siri effective is when I'm capturing things into (laughs) drafts on my Apple Watch but it's very easy to do that even when I'm out for a run.
1: Yeah, that's it. I think most ideas tend to come to you either when you're running or you're in a shower And (laughs) uh, sometimes uh, shower note-taking is a bit tricky. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Um, Brilliant. So that's uh, that's drafts, uh, good notes, and
0: uh, NVL, am I right? NV alt. So NV, like notational velocity, and then alt, like the alt key on Ah, on your... PC keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure to include all of them. Uh, and, and when it comes to sort of like the
1: third main productivity experience, calendar, how do you go about organizing your calendar? Are you a, a natives uh, application guy or do you use another third party
0: one? I actually use multiple third party <laughs> calendaring <laughs> applications. Uh, I, I really like BusyCal. Mm. Uh, So BusyCal is a really powerful application and I have a bunch of different calendars that I coordinate in BusyCal. So I really like the features that are there. One of the things I really like about it is you can customize your week views. So if you wanted a week to go from as we're recording this, this is a Wednesday, but you wanted to see eight days into the future. So next Wednesday as well, you can customize the week view to show you eight days instead of seven. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got a bunch of other, other features. It's a really powerful app. But one thing that it's not good at is natural language. So I run Fantastical as well <laughs> in my menu bar uh, whenever I want to add something to my calendar. That's typically where I would do it. On iOS, I typically use Fantastical only just because they've got a, a really cool uh, iOS app. I like how you can kind of drag down and you'll see it'll switch from you know, the, the week view to the month view and, and vice versa.
1: Brilliant. Uh, i really like that setup <laughs> um and and in terms of uh i guess a part of the task experience how do you go about tracking projects do you use uh the to do this application as your project manager or do you tend to like well i guess you could separate that like projects for yourself or projects for work
0: yeah that's a that's a great question so there's not an easy answer to this uh, for agent efficiency, we, like I mentioned, we use Jira. We track all of those projects in Jira because we are all in with Scrum and the story points and everything. It just makes it makes it work. Personally, I use OmniFocus because that is a really powerful tool that has worked for me for a long time. Uh, I also use Asana with my wife because she tried oh, yeah. to use OmniFocus and it didn't work for her. So. Uh, we've, we are married and we have five kids now, so wow. we don't have a lot of time together, but we do try to carve out once a week. Uh, when we do our, our date night, we have what we call a family meeting where we will quickly go over our calendars and the things that we want to do as a family, making sure that we're moving towards our family goals as well. And so Asana is the tool that we use for that.
1: That's, it's really strange. Actually, I just got off a podcast with Mike Vardy, um, another mic, um, and he actually uses Asana with his wife as well to plan um, all of the events and evenings. So it's a, it seems to be a popular tool for, uh, for, for, uh, the, the, if you're just looking to plan with your
0: wife. <laughs> yeah, Asana is a, actually really powerful in its free version, hmm. and uh, the interface is, is great, in my opinion. So it's a great starting point if you're looking for something for collaboration. Uh, that's another thing Asana does really well. So we had uh, OmniFocus for your sort of uh, personal
1: projects and activities, JIRA for your work ones, uh, and Asana more for personal sort of extended ones for personal planning.
0: Yeah, Now let me just clarify here real quickly because people will probably hear that and think, well, that's ridiculous. I've got a thousand tasks in my task manager and now I have to track them in three different places. Hmm. But the thing that makes this work is that I don't have everything inside of omnifocus for example just because that's the one that i personally use i'm going to track my personal projects there the things that i want to make sure are moving forward that are important to me like the if i were to update my book that's where that stuff would would be okay. but i'm not trying to track all the asian efficiency stuff in there and all the family stuff in there as well because then i've got to update it there and i've got to update it in the other systems now this is kind of I've just figured out this system that that works for me, but I typically know when I am, well, I can kind of change my, my approach and my, my mental, I'll make a mental shift. Like, okay, I'm going to work on Asian efficiency stuff. Now I'm going to work off of JIRA. I'm mm-hmm. not even going to look at OmniFocus for the next couple hours while I'm working on the outline for this podcast episode or whatever. Yeah. And so that's the approach that I take. Uh, and that may not work for everybody, but that's, that's a, a really important thing. I think that's going to, it's That's going to be the key to making multiple task managers like that work. You can't track everything in all three of them. That's, that's going to be ridiculous.
1: That's it. They all have a different purpose and the stuff inside them has
0: different purposes too. Yep, exactly. I know people who do the same thing with email applications. They'll have one application for their work email, another application for their personal email. They use a laptop, they use a MacBook Pro, so they always have access to those two applications, but they just don't want to have their personal email coming at them when they're in work mode and vice versa. And I I really believe that there really isn't a real clear like work-life balance. It's kind of a myth. Like there's just life and you have to balance it, especially if you are like me and you work remotely. Hmm. Like your kids don't care that, You're you're bugged by stuff at the office and office doesn't care that stuff is happening at home Like they want you to be there and they want you to be present. They want you to get stuff done (laughs) That's it. Yeah, (laughs) you gotta you gotta figure out a way to balance all this stuff And I think that those constraints or those walls that you would put up where I'm not even gonna look at this thing right now Mm. That's really valuable 100% yeah, I agree with that um and, and
1: sort of a move away from the software now. Um, I really love all the tools and applications that You use there, and I think they'll be really beneficial for uh, Everyone listening along um, So in terms of hardware uh, You've sort of hinted at it um, But what hardware do you use for work? Uh, and that's looking at the phone uh, Laptop and whether you have a desktop, I guess
0: Okay, I've got a late 2017, I believe, uh, MacBook Pro. So it's the, the 15 inch with the touch bar. Oh, and yeah. I know a lot of people don't like the touch bar. I personally don't think that it's that great. I like touch ID, but that's about it. The uh, reason I got this though is because I was doing a lot of video work and I was doing it off of a 2015 13 inch MacBook Pro with no video cards. So <laughs> it was a significant <laughs> upgrade for me. Um, I've got an office at a co working space, otherwise, I typically work from home. Mm-hmm. And so I like having everything on this computer and I bring it with me just about everywhere that I go. Uh, yeah. I do have an iPhone 10. I always want to say iPhone X, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the 10.5 uh, inch iPad Pro, but uh, those really have very specific use cases, I guess, where I don't use them a whole lot. Typically, I am working off of my Mac. Okay, brilliant.
1: Um, and, and the question there, actually, w- more for me. <laughs> um, so with the, the Touch Bar Mac, you get a little bit of uh, extra CPU power, right?
0: Well, compared to my 13-inch MacBook Pro before that, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So this machine screams for me, but I yeah, know that some people think it's, it's somewhat under, underpowered. I personally, when it comes to the Mac stuff, you can look at the specs. Hmm. But I think Apple has always done a real good job of, of marrying the, the hardware and the software so it works really well together. Yeah. And so I do a lot of my video stuff in ScreenFlow and have never encountered any instance where I've been waiting for a long time for this. I went from on my 13-inch MacBook Pro, I would do like a five-minute ScreenFlow and it would take 45 minutes to export wow. to doing a 45-minute ScreenFlow and having it take five minutes to export. So I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, yeah, that, that is a good upgrade.
1: I'm I, I'm going. I went previously from a Chromebook to a MacBook Air, so I was already like flabbergasted. <laughs> um, and I'm looking to move to an Air to a Pro for editing. So, <laughs> I think things are going to go proper uh, fast now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think you can really go wrong with the the MacBook Pro for like the type of work that that you're doing. If you are really doing a ton of like 4K video. You probably want to get something like the iMac Pro. Yeah. But uh, what I've got is I've got a um, uh, what is it? An OWC Thunderbolt three dock that I connect my MacBook to at my co-working space, which has a cheap 4K display attached to it that I got from like Monoprice. Oh yeah. It's got my uh, my microphone set up and and all that. So my clicky keyboard. Oh. I literally just plug in one cable and it charges my Mac and it connects all all my peripherals. So I'm I'm good to go. That's a pretty decent setup, right? <laughs> yep, yeah, it's, it, it really feels like magic when it works, <laughs> that you can just take a computer and plug it in there, and then all of a sudden you have like all of this hardware and it just it doesn't, doesn't stutter. It doesn't, uh, I've never had any like hardware conflicts. The OWC uh, Thunderbolt 3 dock, though, that's the, really mm. the, the key to making it happen. Yeah. OWC makes great stuff. I've tried a lot of different docks and hubs, and uh, theirs is definitely the one that I've had the most luck with.
1: Lovely. I'll, I'll make sure to include that one as well in the and, and all of that hardware that you mentioned, too So that that's fantastic um, And in terms of like I guess on those devices uh, What are your sort of th- three favored apps for getting work done? And that could be you know could even be ScreenFlow or those tools used ones that you just have fallen in love with
0: Sure. Well, I should I should mention also, I guess for the hardware uh, I mentioned I'm an audiophile, so uh, I've got a couple of different microphones. <laughs> I'm I <remember> recording, <laughs> yeah, I'm recording this on a Shore Beta 87A, which I just got and I love. Uh, I've also got a Hile PR 40, um, but those, an, an investment in a microphone is really going to pay huge dividends if you do anything with uh, with audio. There's, mm-hmm. there's definitely a noticeable, noticeable jump up when you uh, when you invest in a, a good microphone. Along with that, though, one of my favorite apps to work with, honestly, is Logic. I really like Logic. I love the dark theme, and I think it's a really powerful pro application that is honestly a lot of fun for me to, to use, even though I don't tend to have to do a whole bunch of audio editing anymore. so <laughs> um, But I, d- I definitely do like using that, that app, and, and I've got some, some plugins for it that just they feel like magic every time I use it. Like I use SoundSoap. Uh, and oh, yeah. you can highlight a section of audio and uh, hold down a button so it learns like during that section where you're holding down the button, this is where the noise is mm-hmm. and it will automatically remove that noise from the rest of the track. It, it's crazy how it how it works. It's, um, so, so definitely logic. Yeah. Uh, I do like ScreenFlow a lot too. You can do a ton with ScreenFlow and Keynote. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to pick Keynote as one of my three favorite apps because I've got <laughs> another one that's near and dear to my heart. But sure. uh, But ScreenFlow is is great. And uh, y- even with just like the, the standard stuff that's built in there. So you don't need a whole bunch of bottom thirds or fancy transitions or anything like that. Just a simple video actions. So you can do a ton with ScreenFlow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the third one is Ulysses. I absolutely love Ulysses. I fell in love with it when it first came out. I've used it now for probably a couple of years ever since version three uh, was released. Hmm. I bought it a couple different times (laughs) because I have a set app as well. And so uh, right now I'm using the set app version of it. Um, But it's an absolutely beautiful markdown editor and writing application.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I've only been able to uh, try it out a couple of times. And uh, if you're a writer or someone who likes that distraction-free, it's, it's very attractive. And what are your opinions of it? I think because it went premium, right, about a month or so ago? Well, actually, no, not a month ago, about three months ago now.
0: It did. Uh, I was a little bit sad to see it go premium mm. because I think that there is going to be a point where people really have to just cut back on the number of subscriptions that they have. I totally get it from the developer's perspective, like text expander, one password or whatever, something like Ulysses, you can justify it by saying, this is a tool that I use to get all my work done. Yeah. But the problem is what if it isn't something that you're using to get your nine to five work done? What if it's something that you're using to help you launch a side business? Yeah. Then it's a little bit harder to justify that. And it's going to get to the point where I've got you know 15 different software subscriptions, so I got to pick five of them that I'm going to let go. I don't yeah. think we've reached that point yet because it's, we're just starting that transition towards a subscription-based software. But mm. that's why I love Setapp. Setapp is. Are you familiar with Setapp?
1: I am. Yeah, I have it myself. It's it's amazing, right?
0: Yeah, I, I, I bought that, I think, the day it was announced. <laughs> wow. Uh, I've, been, I've been using it since uh, they had beta testers, I think. Wow. And uh, I'm continually impressed with the new apps that they add to it. I, a lot of the apps that are in there, I have bought in the past, but I'm happy to support the developers again because I really want this model to work. Where Setup has, yeah. I don't know, something like 60 or 70 different apps in it now. But they're quality apps like Ulysses is in there. So you could pay $5 a month just to get Ulysses. Yeah. Or you could pay $10 a month to get Ulysses plus iThoughtsX plus iStat menus plus <laughs> all of these other things, so which many. are really solid applications.
1: Yeah. And I, I'm, for, for those who aren't aware too much of the concept of setup, it's like renting apps, isn't it? That's sort of like the concept.
0: Uh, it's kind of like Netflix for quality software applications. <laughs> you, you described it much better than I did. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's how I would describe it anyways. It's not going to have everything on there. So it's not going to have text expander. It's not going to have one password. It does yeah. have Ulysses. It does have some really quality productivity apps. Like to do as a task manager is actually available through Setapp. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I thought sex, like I mentioned, that's a great mind mapping application. Uh, I'm trying to think, some of the other ones, menus, which I've purchased an individual license in the past. And what I was concerned about was that the versions that would be delivered via Setapp would be limited versions. Yeah. Because you're going from Ulysses, which was a $60 application on on the high end, you know, and then there's a $5 a month subscription model that it's, it's running alongside Setapp right now. But the version that you get in Setapp is the full version. So you get a setup subscription and you can use that to log in on the iOS versions and you've got Ulysses everywhere.
1: Yeah, it's, it is well worth checking out at least, like especially if the, the model goes to this sort of um, subscription-based stuff, then I think this is going to be a much more attractive, especially if you're like starting a business, right? If you're like, uh, you want to get a few things going or a side project and you're like, don't want to fork out, uh, maybe you want to try a few of them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I've found that when I need an app for something, like I don't typically have to do something, but I, I have a specific need for this project that I'm working on. My first instinct now is to go check and see if I have something in setup that can do it. And most of the time I do.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's, there's always, there's, I, I, I was the only expert the other day. There's, there's so much like things that I know I won't need now, but Maybe in two or three years. I might.
0: Yep. yep <laughs> so good. Absolutely.
1: Brilliant. Um, and, 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 sort of jumping back to sort of team communication side of stuff. Um, is there any team communication tools you use? Obviously, um, you know, I think does Jira have some of the chat functionality?
0: Uh, Atlassian, which is the makers of Jira, uh, have a couple other products, Confluence, which is what we use for all of our documentation, standard operating procedures, things like that. And yes. then HipChat, which is like that's Slack it, yeah. lite, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Slack is is definitely better in in my opinion, but that's what we use for kind of the, the instant messaging. We do have Slack also for, uh, for the dojo. So that's how we have direct contact with uh, the membership community. Uh, yeah. that we use. When we do meetings and things like that, we typically use Zoom. And Zoom right. is great because most of the time it's audio only. But once a month, because we're a remote team, it's literally located all over the world. Hmm. Uh, we do a, a video call, which it's it's always nice to see <laughs> that the people you're working with are actual other people. <laughs> yeah, they, they are humans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's, that's super cool. I mean, that's something that uh, didn't exist not too long ago, and it's opened up a lot of opportunities. Like for me, I live in, in Nino, Wisconsin, hmm. where there's maybe twenty thousand people, um, and so the fact that I could get connected with Tan and Brooks and the rest of the Asian efficiency team—you know, Tan lives in Austin—definitely um, totally different culture than <laughs> Nino, Wisconsin. Uh, life is a little bit, little bit slower paced here, but uh, the technology that exists to allow the, the team to allow me to get connected with a team like that, like the, I think that's super cool. Um, one other thing I'll mention here for the, uh, the online meetings and things like that, uh, there's an essential application that I use called Shush, okay. which is like a $5 menu bar app, but I literally use this all day every day because what it does is when I am, uh, when we have a, a, a meeting or whatever and I've got five kids who are running around in the background being loud, uh, <laughs> Shush will mute my microphone until I press a hotkey to enable it. Okay, And so I can enable it when I'm talking and then when I'm not talking, it's muting everything and uh, it's not annoying everybody else on (laughs) on the team. It it gives me the flexibility to join a meeting just about anywhere, even if it's a, a noisy cafe.
1: That's what I need.
0: <laughs> that yeah, everybody really that good. I everybody I tell the, about uh, tell this app to, to tell them about this app. They're like, "Wow, this is exactly what <laughs> what I need." If you're a remote yeah. worker, you definitely need this application. <laughs> oh, definitely.
1: And and how many will shush spell s h h h or s h u s h? Oh, okay. Ah, brilliant. I'll just yep. note that one down. Fantastic. Yeah. No, there's some great team, team communication tools there, and and I think as yourself, uh, you know, working remotely, you can, you sort of need all of these tools to work together for you, don't you?
0: Yep, yep, exactly.
1: That's it. Uh, Now moving on to email. How do you go about handling email? What's your app of choice?
0: (laughs) Email is uh, a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, One (laughs) of my projects last couple of years was to create the uh, Escape Your Email uh, flagship product for Asian efficiency. So I did a ton of research on this topic of email, yeah. a ton of interviews with people. I've tried just about every email application out there for Mac and iOS. Uh, the ones that I finally landed on for Mac is Mailmate, right. which most people are going to look at that and be like, there is no way that I could use that uh, <laughs> because it's, it's not, a, not a very great user interface, but it is very, very powerful. Hmm. And it integrates with just about everything else you can think of in terms of productivity applications. So if I wanted to send something directly to Devonthink for a reference file, like that's another kind of obscure productivity app, you can it do is. that <laughs> with, uh, with Mailmate. Um, and that's important, especially for task managers, because I tend to go through my email and triage it, meaning I'm not going to just go in and answer all that stuff. I'm going to do that in bunches. Hmm. But I want to clear my inbox every time I go in there. So I want to be able to send this email to my task manager with a link back to that original message and then archive the message to get it out of my inbox. And my task manager can tell me when I should be thinking about this. Um, but then with my task manager, I just click on that link and it takes me directly to that message where I can reply when I'm ready to, to deal with it. That is... A essential workflow, I think if you are really serious about not spending a bunch of time in email, which the average US worker, the statistic I read said that they spend 6.3 hours per day dealing with email. A lot of that is just the inefficiency that, <laughs> that goes with a lot of email. <laughs> uh, but I, I think those workflows, those direct integrations with other productivity apps, that helps a lot. Now on iOS, it's a lot harder to get those. Mm -hmm. Most of the apps that I've seen on iOS that offer those direct integrations like AirMail, Mm -hmm. the URL that they give you is an AirMail URL. So that means that if it's in OmniFocus and I'm on my Mac and I click the message, I click that link to get to the message, it's going to try to open it in AirMail. Hmm. Hopefully you see the problem there. I don't use airmail on my Mac. (laughs) That's it. So it's going to be a dead link. (laughs) Exactly. The one application I have found that gives you the ability to send to other applications and include the message URL scheme, which is the default URL scheme on the Mac. Hmm. So if you set up mailmate as your default email client, like I have, and you click on that message URL, that message URL will open it in your default email client. In my case, mailmate. So the one iOS application that supports that is Dispatch. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Dispatch, I feel like, is hanging on by a thread. <laughs> it really <laughs> hasn't been updated much. Uh, but as we're recording this, they did just release an iPhone 10 update. Okay. So there's like literally nothing new in it, but it's, it's, uh, it, <laughs> it works on your, your iPhone 10. So I feel like I've got at least a couple more months with Dispatch on my iOS devices
1: yeah it's just like are they still alive or
0: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly brilliant (laughs) well i mean on ios there's a the email market i feel like there's a lot of competition and famously on ios there really isn't much of a market for pro apps i mean Mm. uh, uh, panic just uh just pulled transmit not too long ago the the ftp client which is a really powerful app a lot of people built workflows that, that relied on that but What the market showed is that there was really nobody else other than the bloggers that were talking about it. Uh, And that's kind of where we are on iOS, which is kind of sad. So if you're going to create a good email client for iOS, not only are there a million people out there, a million um, competitors out there, but uh, the, the pro features, which is really what I'm looking for, it's shown that there's not many people who are looking for that sort of thing, or at least that many people who would pay for that sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. And um,
1: I think what we'll have to do is probably uh, probe you another time on email apps just because it sounds like you know your way around that space.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know way too much about, about email, uh, but I, I do like the the topic, which is kind of weird, just because, I, I like I mentioned, it's a big problem that everybody deals with. Mm, and uh, most people, just my experience, they haven't really thought through how they approach email. It's just something that they do. And then you talk to him like, you know, this is a, what does your email workflow look like? And I'm like well, yeah. I hate it. I have to do this, this and this. And then usually there's a, a little bit of room for improvement there. And if you can save people, you know, a couple hours a day, email, yeah. email, you're a hero. <laughs> That's it. I, I, I'm, I'm really
1: not sure there's that many resources on email out there. Like in in obviously there's 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 courses and things like that, but I d I don't think it's a topic that's talked about enough, seeing as it's something that everyone does and you know, you don't necessarily have to have a to do this application, but email is something that pretty much everyone in the world has.
0: Everyone does it. Everyone hates it. And a lot of the expectations that come with it, like I feel there's the ability to reset expectations via email, but it's hard. And for most people, they resent the fact that they have to check their email all the time because they're expected to respond to stuff. But if you don't take certain steps to to change the expectations, like you'll never break free of that. That's it. Yeah. hundred percent.
1: And uh, leading on to another question. So, planning, how, w- without a, a, a too much detail, because planning is a long topic, um, how do you go about your planning process in terms of planning uh, maybe an average week? Uh, is it OmniFocus you use?
0: For the most part, yeah. Uh- and, and my calendar, the calendar is uh, essential because not that I put all my tasks on my calendar, but I use my calendar to kind of, to kind of block out the, the time for my important tasks and also the, the mindset that I have to be in or the mode I have to be in, in order to get those things done. Okay. So, um, I mean, not to get too deep on the, the question, I guess, but a little bit of context. Um, I follow the 12 week year model. And we do that both professionally at Agent Efficiency. So once a quarter, I'll fly down to Austin for a couple of days and we'll plan out the next quarter. And then also personally. So one of the things that my wife and I did the last quarter is we sat down and we have uh, identified uh, a while ago our family core values, but then we worked backwards from there thinking about what, uh, what does the end of this look like? Like, what's the definition of, do, of done for our family? Yeah, And what we landed on was we want to have a great relationship with each other. We want a great, great relationship with our kids. We want our kids to have a growth mindset. We want them to be able to talk to us about anything at, at any time. Hmm. Um, so then from there, how do we get there? And we identified the habits that we want to create. And then those are the things that are important. Those are the big rocks. Those go on the calendar first. So just as an example, like once a week, I go with one of my kids. So it's a one-on-one and we'll go get coffee, breakfast, whatever on Friday morning. And it's just me and them. And then we rotate uh, every week, Mm. but that goes on the calendar. And then work fills in around that because there's always more work that you can do. And my experience being that if you were to wait until the end of your workday to try to squeeze that stuff in, it'll never happen. But if sure. you're intentional about the things that are important, then everything else just kind of automatically gets done. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: it. Brilliant. I, I like how how you sort of approach it with both your personal and professional life. I think that's that's quite important because I think that's something that a lot of uh, that that people miss a lot of time is that you can you can approach all of these processes in either part of your life. So that's that's great. Um, and in terms of any other notable apps that you'd like to mention, are there any apps that you use for productivity that you feel need a shout out? Um, I remember a couple of months ago, uh, on the same day, I got a a cloud app uh, link, and I was like, "What is this cloud app?" And, and you had sent me one, um, and another chap called Ash had sent me one. And I had opened it. I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. And now I'm a, a, daily, <laughs> a daily active user. So uh, that's, that's you to blame, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, are there any ones like that that you've found value in that help you get more done in your day?
0: Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the, the one that I'm really loving right now that was recently updated is MindNode. Mm-hmm. I use MindNode all the time. Uh, whenever I read a book, I outline the the major points of the book in, in MindNode. I also use it whenever I'm brainstorming for a, a project, a piece of content that I want to create. Uh, I feel like mind mapping is an exercise that once you get in the habit of it, you can apply it in a lot of different situations. So, MindNode great. is a a great application on both Mac and and iOS. Mm. Um, in terms of just simple little apps that really scratch an itch that I didn't really know was there. Another app that I use all the time is called Tapes. Okay. I think it's a $10 utility in the Mac App Store. What it allows you to do is select a portion of your screen, it instantly starts recording, and then uh, when you're done, it uploads a link to a server and copies it to your clipboard. So kind of like, uh, like Cloud App or Dropler, where it gives you a link you can share with people, It does the same thing, but it sends them to a web page which has your embedded three minute video on it. Oh, okay. So there's obviously a lot of application for this in like customer support or customer service where you're showing people how to do something. But there's a lot of other instances, especially if you're a remote worker, where maybe you want to give feedback on a particular design or, or something. You can record a quick screencast and it can save you so much time compared to trying to type that all out via email or on a comment In Basecamp or Jira or something like that
1: 100% yeah, you you definitely like I I noticed from even using cloud app for like a week Like remotely sharing stuff to people just got so much easier (laughs) Yep, so good Um and one final question for you mike, um Analog, how often do you jump into an analog experience? Are you using any analog tools? Because obviously, you know, uh, digital is not the be-all and end-all
0: Right. Uh, Yeah, analog is something that I'm really interested in but I'm really bad at (laughs) So there's a big emphasis on analog productivity right now I believe and I think it's it's justified but I have trouble using a lot of analog tools one thing I do use is I've got a Baron Fig notebook that I carry with me all the time. And I've gotten into this habit, which anybody who's creative, I would recommend this habit. I learned about it when I read the book, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. She advocates for this practice called morning pages, where you are writing out uh, by hand, stream of conscious thought for three pages every morning. And what it does is it kind of primes the pump creatively. It gets your, your brain uh, in that, that state where it can just flow and, and the ideas tend to come. It's kind of hard to explain, but anybody who's into analog productivity is probably jumping up and down and saying, yeah, yeah, I totally get it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've only been doing it for a period of a, a couple of weeks, but it's amazing to me the clarity that comes from that process. And then also the momentum that I get once I'm done, where you feel like you're ready to attack your day now and you're not intimidated by the fact that you have to write X number of words or you have to create this this outline for this product or anything like that because it's, it's already flowing.
1: Yeah, that, I think that's, that's such a positive habit to have. Um, I do something similar. I'm not sure, I, I, th- I think I would call it morning pages, but it's just a journal really. Um, I also use a Baron fig notebook um, it's Such good high quality, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, which one do you have is it the confident, right? Yep, I've got that Confidant. Uh, I've also used in the past uh, when I was doing sketch noting by hand. I was using a, a rhodia notebook Oh, yeah, because the the rhodia paper was significantly better than the Moleskine that I was using uh, I tend to use the uh, I usually use the the pilot g2 pens Oh yeah. And I found that with the moleskin that it was smearing all over the place but yeah. The Rhodia paper it's basically dry the, the second I'm done writing on it.
1: That's brilliant. Awesome. So the, you know, it's not just digital there. <laughs> You're diving into <laughs> some real uh that's I think it's a, always good to note analog habits cuz you know, I think I think sometimes like like for me I find that if I'm jumping into an analog experience when I start my day or, or midway through my day It just helps me to think more because sometimes you can get stuck in everything
0: that (laughs) you do. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and the value is just in the fact that you are doing the analog process. It's not in what you're creating, at least for, for my intents and purposes. So I'm not worried about repurposing whatever I'm doing during my morning pages. I'm just focused on doing the morning pages. And then the value from doing the morning pages is that it makes a lot of what I do the rest of the day a lot easier. Brilliant.
1: Love it. Um, so Mike, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, I am very grateful for all of your app tips and advice here. Uh, is there any place that people can find you specifically? I know obviously you've got Twitter, but, um, do you want
0: to point people any direction? Sure. So if you want to connect with me on social media, Twitter is about the only thing I'm on. I'm <laughs> at Bobblehead Joe on Twitter. That's a sweet name. <laughs> uh, there's, Mike Schmitz is a pretty common name. And so uh, mm-hmm. it's never available by the time I, I join social media platforms. Um, the other place I would say that's got links to everything else that I do is going to be Mike Schmitz.me, but primarily I'm going to be creating content for Asian Efficiency, which is at AsianEfficiency.com. And uh, the Productivity Show, which is the podcast that I host on a weekly basis that you were just on, is uh, at Productivity FM or theproductivityshow.com. Fantastic. That's. Uh...
1: Absolutely awesome. Um, I will include everything that we talked about all the apps all the links all the stuff in the show notes So you can go away and download what Mike has set up right now, which is super exciting so thank you very much Mike uh, really appreciate you coming on um, and uh, We'll let you know when the future is up, but um, it, I think people are gonna love this one
0: <laughs> Sounds great. Thanks for having me on Francesco. Awesome.